Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 44 Deegan Hart, the Wandering Monk. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Jacob Prince's table in the Levitating Platter. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Sidekicks and Side Quests. Uh, you've heard the intro spiel. You know that I like to say it's the best unofficial Dungeons and Dragons podcast, in my humbly biased opinion. I am so honored to be joined by a fellow comrade in arms, as it were, uh, when. I was getting started in the hobby. This was one of the fellow player characters in my group from back in my college days. So I'm going to go ahead and turn the mic over and ask you, comrade, to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. What it is you do? Hello, I'm Jacob Prince. As Kurt said, we've known each other and been playing, well, tabletop RPGs. I don't know if you've branched out, but I, I've definitely played a bunch since then. Mm -hmm. For almost, or has it been 10 years now? It, we're rolling up on 10 years at this point. Yeah, so we've, we've definitely, gosh, that campaign lasted forever too. It was our, basically both of our first times playing D&D. &D. We were both in college. Yeah, we just got into it. We got sucked into the, the custom campaign that we had going for over a year, I think. Yeah, it, it lasted a fairly long time. Yeah. And then we had the sequel campaign almost immediately after when a couple mm -hmm. people moved away. We had to pivot the group. That was right. great. But so I'm Jacob. I am. I actually just changed careers. I swapped from an Amazon manager right before the pandemic hit to uh, mobile IT. So I, I work on people's phones and I've been working from home. Oh, it's been great. that's yeah, nice. Yeah. 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 So uh, it's basically just tech support, but okay. I'm loving it. I'm loving working from home. I'm also loving not working for Amazon anymore. It's uh, pretty uh. Great. <laughs> well, I've got relatives that work for Amazon. And so, you know, my family, we do our thing to support Amazon because we're like, we've got our relatives that work from so we want to make sure that they're getting. Oh, yeah. Them. I mean, even though I have bad blood with the management Amazon, I still have prime like <laughs> that's not going anywhere. Right. But like, I'm not going to let my my professional beef with Amazon stop my personal gains from it. <laughs> sure, Of course. Which perfectly segues into the next question. Do you currently, or have you ever played D&D before? Yes. Um, so right now, I, I'm actually DMing a group 
out here in Houston. Okay. Um, I mean, we're, we, we've kind of taken a break since the, the pandemic started, but mm-hmm. yeah, we've, we've got a group going. And then uh, I had a Pathfinder campaign going for a while. I was a player in that one, but uh, we just haven't uh, a session in like three, four months at this point wow you're right it's already june so it was before the pandemic i'd say december was the last time we had one but like yeah i i actively play tabletop rpgs <laughs> yeah and for the audience at home on my previous podcast blank tape anson and i we did a whole episode on D, and so that's where i told the initial story of how i got started in the hobby our friend zane was the dungeon master that got us all to make our characters i was a human wizard named otto von krieg uh, and I borrowed heavily from the Fable video game series as kind of like my character backstory. And if memory serves me right, your character in that campaign was a dragonborn ranger named Pegasus who was afraid yes. of water. Uh, and he yes. had an animal companion that was a polar bear named Bob. Yeah, that's actually all exactly correct. Although back then I didn't know dragonborn lore very well. So I thought dragonborns were half dragons. Turns out they're actually basically fantasy halo elites Mm. yeah that's a good way to describe them (laughs) yeah they they come from another planet they're well another plane of existence and they're oppressed by dragons but they look like them is that what it said in fourth edition stuff no that's this is all fifth edition i don't i have no idea the fourth edition lore really yeah yeah so in fifth edition they're basically elites and, like they've got the the same honor system and they're raised as warriors from birth to combat the the dragon oppressors and then some sort of rift happened and they ended up in our reality the main 5.0 reality so there's not very many oh. of them okay yeah i i must have missed that when i was reviewing all the fifth edition stuff for dragonborn for my home brew setting i already have a completely different idea of how dragonborn came to be so well, and I mean, like, that's the nice thing about D&D. You don't have to stick to the established canon. You can do whatever you want. And especially if you have a bunch of new players, they're not going to know any difference from what the official lore is. Sure, sure. Of course. Um, I mean, that's my that's my take on DMing. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> As long yeah. as it's fun, who cares? Right, as Matt Colville says, you know, take the stuff you like, rip it off, and put it in your game, so. Yeah, exactly, yes. That is a great mantra to live by. Yep. As long as I'm not trying to make that stuff, you know, published and sell it as my own original idea, then uh, yeah, then yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you happen to have a favorite NPC character from an RPG or video game, movie, literature, etc.? And why are they your favorite NPC? A sidekick specifically? Yeah, yeah. We're we're trying to keep the focus on NPCs. Okay, okay. Um, I think it's also this is probably biased for my love of the game as well, but I really love Tattle from Majora's Mask. Okay. I think she's a better version of Navi. Hmm. See, and I have like zero Zelda experience, so can you tell me more about Tattle? Yeah, sure. So you you have a fairy companion in the two N64 games. They just look like little fireflies, but they are their own character. Navi is basically... Hey, listen! Yes, exactly. And um, they're more like, hey, we got to do this. They're like super laser focused. Tattle actually has her own personality. And instead Mm. of the, hey, listen notification, she just dings. It's ding, 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 ding. Okay. 
So it's a, it's a lot more subtle when she has to say something and she'll talk back to you like, this is stupid. What are we doing? No, <laughs> we can't do this. Yeah. So she's still along for the ride. And then I think probably the best character defining moment for Tattle is when you're about to fight Majora for the final battle. She freaks out. She's like, I can't do this. Play the song of time. We got to go back in time. I, I can't do this. I'm freaking out. Aww. And then you power along with her and then you rescue her brother, Tail, and... It's a happy oh, ending. Tattle tale. That's yes. That's very clever. Yeah, yeah it's T A T L and T A E L. So okay. it's a subtle joke, yeah. Do you happen to have a favorite side quest from RPG, video game, film, history, literature, etc.? And why is it your favorite side quest? Ooh. Um so normally I don't like side quests, but there was it's another Zelda side quest, but I was just driven to complete this one. It's uh, in Breath of the Wild. So it actually changes the world of Breath of the Wild. It's the Terrytown quest. You build up this own city. Like it starts off you in one of the main cities. You find this guy. He's like, hey, I want to build a city. And then you go back to him and he requests some stuff. And you just do this throughout the course of the game. And you watch this city slowly build up. And by the end of it, it's a full blown village. And the guy that started the building process gets married to to another NPC on the other side of the kingdom and you unite them. And it's that's just the first side quest that came to mind. I'm sure there's one I actually like more, but like <laughs> that, that, that one just, cool. yeah, it's really memorable and it's really long too. And it's not like your standard fetch this quest or what, I mean, yes, there there is elements of that, but the way it progresses you feels a lot more natural than a lot of side quests does. Right, you're actually impacting the world, and you, now a whole new village is sprouted up, so there's more right, economic yeah. trade, there's more people to interact with, there's more adventures to be had. And everybody's better off for it, and there are people that have never seen Terrytown because they never built it, because mm. it's 100% optional. Interesting. Yeah, so your gameplay could be completely different than someone else's. Right, but that's also part of the beauty of Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Hello everyone, I just want to take a moment to tell you about my first ever sponsor, Plus One EXP. Tony Vicenda is the mastermind behind this trifecta of triumph. He produces tabletop-themed beard balms, beard-themed tabletop RPGs, and helps to support additional tabletop content creators on Patreon. Now, each of his beard balms is flavored after the basic stats from D&D. Do you need some strength for your beard? Why apply and feel yourself empowered with the scent of pine and cedar with a minty edge. If you're feeling rather charismatic, apply a balm of sweet-smelling amber, clove, and pipe tobacco. Each one of these balms is unique in its makeup. And of course, don't forget, Tony developed a whole RPG that allows you to harness your facial ferocity and hair-raising adventures. You can snag a copy of that game as well as a style stencil, enamel pin, or a map of the Whiskerverse. And finally, aside from all of the awesome interviews and actual plays Tony has on Plus One EXP, every purchase you make feeds into the Plus One Forward program, which supports small indie content creators to continue making amazing tabletop RPG content. So head on over to plusonexp.com. That's plus one spelled out and exp.com in order to shop for these balms and games and more. And when you go to check out, use my affiliate code, Randolph, to save some coin on your purchase and to help support sidekicks and sidequests. How else do you think our tavern keeper at the Levitating Platter is going to keep his silver beard so awesome? Once again, 
The code is Randolph, like how it's spelled on episode two and his write-up, in order to save on your order and help support the show. So thank you so much, and now, back to the podcast. What are you passionate about and why? What am I passionate about, just in general? What are you passionate about? Gosh, hmm. I mean, I want to say my work, but I just changed careers. But I am really focused on that right now. I'm trying to be number one on my team and then, you know, work my way up. But like, that's boring. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. I mean, a lot of stuff. I I guess right now I have like this burning passion for Pokemon just because I've been playing that game for over 20 years. I was eight years old when it came out and I'm still playing it and I'm... Oh man, I wanted to go to my first competitive tournament of it this year, but then the pandemic hit and canceled all the events. Mm -hmm. So I was like super prepared for that, but like I'm still doing tons of grinding in a game that I'm not enjoying to hopefully one day compete in tournaments. To truly be the Pokemon master. Yeah, basically. (laughs) And and the the DLC just came out. So like I'm trying to 100% that right now and it's super grindy and not very fun, but I'm powering through it because it's a franchise I can't stop playing at this point. (laughs) And then um, another thing is besides tabletops, I've recently gotten into collecting all sorts of figures for shows and stuff. Like my upstairs game room right now has like between me and my two roommates, probably $5,000 of collectibles in it. Uh, Like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you should come to Houston sometime, Kurt, and come check out the room. Is it all Funko Pops or is it all like loot crates? No, no, it's all stuff that like the three of us have found and we're like, hey, I kind of need that. And just... built it up there's barely any funko pops i think brian probably owns like two and cameron owns three i don't own any okay i have a couple oh yeah but and then so besides the anime figures i've also got almost a complete amiibo collection oh the little nintendo ones yeah yeah i'm just glad the craze has died down because when one comes out i can actually just go casually buy one instead of having to camp outside of a target at five in the morning until they open yeah there you go I actually did that several times for the Target exclusive ones. Oh, God. Oh, man. (laughs) So, yeah, you could say I'm pretty passionate about collecting stuff, too. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Whether you're collecting stuff in real life or you're collecting stuff in video games, you know, that collector spirit never dies. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, since we've had the opportunity to learn about my dear friend, let's go ahead and head into some NPC creation. So I believe, Jacob, you have brought a character that you would like to share with everyone. Is that correct? Yes, yes. This is a guy that I've um, I've been using in my Pathfinder campaign I mentioned earlier. Okay. I've had a lot of fun playing him. And uh, I, I've made him pretty versatile, so he could work really well as an NPC. Perfect. Okay, so then let's start with the first question. What is the character's name? His name is Deegan Hart. Deegan Hart? Deegan Yes. Yeah, D-E-G-E-N space H-A-R-D-T. Okay, cool. What is the ancestry of this character? Well, he's actually not sure because as a child, his family was killed and he was sold into slavery. But he got out of that because the slavers went by a, a monk monastery and it's a lawful monk monastery. They follow the rulings of Iori, which if you break the law, you will get their divine wrath. (laughs) And slavery is not legal, so, Mm -hmm. or at least frowned upon in most places. Uh, He was rescued and taken into the monastery as a child. Okay. So, and he honestly has no idea what his ancestry is. He just knows that he's human. 
Okay, so he's human. That the, yes. I mean, ancestry is like the new term that mm. people have been using as far as like racial Race. background. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, he's he knows he's human. He doesn't know anything else. Okay, because he, just... he was a child. Okay, perfect. What is the character's job or role? They are. He's a monk. Okay, so just straight up monk. Yep. Yep. And um, well, more like estranged monk because he's not in the monastery anymore. So he was kicked out of the monastery or he's on a journey of like self-discovery? Uh, no, he left. Uh, oh, for just personal reasons. Left. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't on ill will. Well, I mean, it kind of was. So this particular monastery, they're all about fasting from dawn until dusk right? So it's like mental fortitude, right? That's part of their training. And, uh, you know, he did this training for about 15 years. And uh, right around when he was 19, he was like, he just woke up one day, he was meditating, his stomach growled, and he's like, this sucks. And just walked out of the front doors of the monastery. Wow. Because he was hungry. So surely that must have some repercussions then as far as the order is concerned. Really, the order as a whole doesn't have a problem with it. It was more like his best friend in the monastery uh, did. Mm. Yeah, so while he's wandering, his best friend uh, Matt is uh, looking for him and going to forcefully or attempt to forcefully bring him back. Uh, how old is Deegan? He's 19. Yeah, yeah. So he, he practiced in the monastery for about 15 years. And then he was a legal adult and he was just like, I, I can't do this anymore. When he was brought to the monastery, he was four years old then? Yeah, three or four, somewhere between there. Okay. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like a foundling baby or something like that. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Describe the physical appearance of Deegan Hart. Okay. So, have you ever watched Fist of the North Star? Nope. Okay. Well, he looks like Kinshiro, <laughs> basically. Okay. Very strongly inspired by Kinshiro. He is, he's like six foot five and built like a tank. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a big guy. Very muscly. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But um still very nimble because of the training. Like he's not like overly comedically muscled, but like you can tell he is in like peak human shape. He's honed his body into a killing machine. I mean, if he wasn't lawful, yes. <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah, so monks actually have this pretty unique ability where they can choose if they're not going to go for lethal damage. So he is like peak holding back. Interesting. So he's always pulling his punches a little bit. Yep, yep. Unless it's like a demon or something, like an, a straight evil creature, then he mm -hmm. won't. And he's definitely punched holes through demon skulls before. Describe Deegan with three adjectives. Focused, driven, and hungry. Hungry in both senses? No, no, like physically hungry. Oh, he's just always hungry? That's why he left the monastery. <laughs> Can his hunger ever be satiated? Outlook unclear. He bought five weeks worth of rations and ate them in three days. So holy cow! Yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't uh, gained a little bit of a dad bod from all of. Oh, his eating. he's you know how a long rest is like eight hours. Well, he'll rest for like five and then uh, meditate and work out for the remaining portion of that. He must have a high caloric intake in order to uh, have the muscle and power that he has. He is peak carbo loading. Okay. <laughs> there we go. All right. Let's see. What is a valuable item, a piece of lore, a secret, or some ideal or concept that the character ascribes to? So the valuable item that he's got, he's always got like a ration biscuit in his back pocket at all times. And if someone like pickpockets that or like steals it or eats it without asking permission from him, you will feel all of his lawful wrath. 
<laughs> so he just always has a particular ration in his uh, back pocket. Yeah, and... Like like a like a stale biscuit or something that he can munch on. Okay, hard tack. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I guess he's a monk. He's detached from all earthly possessions. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, exactly. He's got he's got his he still has his monk uniform, like his uh his orange gi that he wore mm-hmm. while he was there. But I mean, if if that gets stolen, you know, he's not there anymore, so he can just buy common clothes and replace it. But he is unarmored. He he has like an adventuring pouch that has basic survival gear, and then other than that, he has like a, a ration that he'll replace if he eats it at all times. Interesting. <laughs> So yeah, hopefully player characters aren't going to be foolish and be like, hey, let's shake down the monk. And then like, oh, hardtack. And then he's like, you've stolen my hardtack and wronged me by all divine rights. I should not hold back and pummel you into submission. Yep, that's exactly right. He will beat you within an inch of his life if he detects that you're trying to steal it. What is a particular quest that Deegan would be willing to recruit or hire player characters to go and do? that he would be willing to do. Well, if you wanted to hire him, as long as you're not like killing an innocent person or something or like breaking the law, you can hire him by giving him a good meal. Okay, so Deegan is willing to offer his services as a hireling or a follower character, but is there a particular quest that Deegan needs help with? And so when the player characters show up, Deegan is able to give them a quest to go do it for him. Okay, I see. Uh, you know, I think the only real quest that he might offer someone is uh, trying to stave off his friend that's stalking him. So he wouldn't want you to kill him, but he would want you to chase him out of the town. He would want the player characters to go talk to this other monk and just say like, hey, leave him alone. He doesn't want to come back to the monastery. There could be some banter there. If you can't convince him, you might have to fight him, but he does not specifically want you to kill him. What is going to be the reward then if the player character successfully negotiate with Matt and convince him, hey, Deegan doesn't want to return to the monastery and just wants to do his own thing? What's going to be Deegan's reward to the heroes? (laughs) So because, you know, he doesn't have a good attachment to earthly possessions, uh, people steal his money frequently. And he just rolls with it. He doesn't try to get it back. So if he's got money, he'll pay them. But in the event that he doesn't, he'd have to offer his services and beat stuff up with them. Okay, that's interesting. So if he doesn't have money, then he's willing to follow the characters for a while and help them out until he feels a calling to go somewhere else. Or until they're like, all right, you've paid your debt. You can leave. I guess he only needs to be paid in food then. He doesn't care about magic items or uh, money. That's exactly right. Yeah, as long as he gets first pick on the food, he doesn't even want necessarily more than people. As long as he just gets good food, he's good. He's used to fasting, so he can eat a normal amount. He just chooses to be gluttonous when the opportunity presents itself. But now we have to consider the flip-flop, the opposite of this. So the player characters go talk to the opposing monk. They are unable to convince him that he should cease his uh, quest of trying to return Deegan to the monastery. Or perhaps a fight breaks out and instead of just badly harming Matt, they end up killing Matt. What's going to be the consequence of that? Or the player characters are just ignore the monk and don't help him out. What's going to be the consequence of that? If you kill Matt and you report back to Deegan without fleeing the town, he's going to initiate a fight with them. 
he's pretty strong too. So unless they're probably overleveled for him, he might beat the tar out of them. He won't kill them, but he's going to make them suffer. Okay, so he'd basically fight everyone and get them all knocked down to unconsciousness. Yes, for sure. And then he would skip town at that point because he doesn't stay in one place very long. So running into Deegan would require divine intervention from the DM more than likely. (laughs) Okay. If that were the case, then if they kept running into Deegan knowing they had killed Matt or just ignored him, is he always going to be hostile to the player characters or just every time he sees them, he's just going to leave? That depends on how the fight goes. If he loses, he would just skip town immediately. If he wins, he would probably square up or be hostile. He's not unreasonable. Uh, You can talk to him. And if you've got a bard or somebody with high persuasion Mm -hmm. or high charisma just in general, you might be able to calm him down. Okay. But that would determine on how the players want. I mean, if you're playing with murder hobos, you're going to have to kill him. So what are the goals and motivations of the character? Well, I mean, to live a more fulfilling life than he had in the monastery, like literally more fulfilling, (laughs) not like not spiritually fulfilling, not mentally fulfilling, but like stomach fulfilling. (laughs) Interesting. So how do these goals and motivations affect his general personality? Uh, they they probably let him get talked into stuff. He could be talked into stuff that he probably wouldn't normally do. But because of how uh, Aori's law works, he can't go out of anything lawful or he'll lose his monk powers. So he will always have a hard line drawn that he will never cross. But you can get close to that line if you can offer him some good food. Interesting. So his monk powers depend on him being and staying lawful. Yes, he has to have some kind of code that he has to live by. At least that's how it is in Pathfinder. It's been a while since I've looked up the lore for monks in D&D. He could slide alignments as far as maybe he goes more evil, but as long as he follows his code, then he's fine. But the minute that he turns neutral or chaotic, then he's just is a wandering soul on the road then. Yeah, he's just a hobo at that point. Who's always hungry. Mm Mm-hmm. And then then he would get fat. No question. Then he would get fat. Okay. Is there a particular way that he interacts with people? Say, like, is there a particular way that he interacts with family, friends, and peers versus how he interacts with people he deems as enemies and rivals or anyone that he reports to or with player characters in general? So in general, he's pretty stoic and a man of few words. He'll respond in grunts mostly. Like, "Uh, mm, uh." that's like his preferred communication. But you can get him to talk. And if you get him riled up, he'll start yelling. Are there any accents or languages, speaks with, communicates with? Are there any idiosyncrasies in how he acts or carries himself? So he doesn't have any accents. Well, I mean, he's got like our normal, like neutral accent. And he only speaks and understands common because he was in that monastery for so long. The monks are such a big melting pot. They're not one like race. It's not just, it's a melting pot. So... He doesn't have like one accent that he sticks to because pretty much everybody uh, spoke a different variation of common and he came up with his own hearing all that. A lot of that is Kinshiro inspired. And actually the whole joke of him being hungry is also a dub of the North Star inspired. He's very heavily inspired by Kinshiro. Um, And dub of the North Star is probably the first abridged parody that ever existed. Oh God, it's so funny. But uh, Kinshiro, probably one of the best lines is, are you going to eat that? And uh, he's pointing to a guy's arm on the ground. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, hopefully your monk isn't a cannibal. 
No, 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 no. What impact has Deegan made on the world and how has he shaped the local area? Well, because he's constantly wandering, his impact is basically unknown to most people. If he did stop a bandit group or something from raiding a town, he didn't take credit for it. He ate his food and got out. And so everybody would be like, hey, who? we had this problem. What happened? And they were like, I, I think a, a walking piece of muscle took him out. I don't know where he is anymore, though. So he's kind of like a maybe like a vigilante or like an urban legend, it seems? Almost, yeah. I would say less vigilante, more urban legend, just because it's so easy to get his services. <laughs> and then does he have any current problems that prevent him from being a bigger player on the stage? His insatiable habitat, <laughs> uh, not habitat. Um, appetite? Thank you. That's the word. Yeah, okay. his insatiable, insatiable appetite and paired with his stalker. That's probably why he doesn't stay anywhere very long at all. And then, of course, depending on how the player characters resolve that, would he ever get to a point where he would stop wandering around if he knows that his colleague is not going to bother him anymore, whether that's because he was murdered or he just was convinced to leave him alone? Yeah, absolutely. If if he can find a stable source of food and he's not being stalked anymore, he would absolutely stay in a place and he would he would be at peace. And, you know, he would just do his meditations and his workouts and stuff and just be happy. So potentially then he could call a town his home and is he going to be the one to like build a temple and train other people in the ways, no, but allow them not, to no. eat? Oh, so he's not on that. He doesn't want to teach other people. No, no. And he knows that the way that he's a monk is not sustainable. <laughs> like he, he recognizes the way that he got trained and what he does will not work for most people. So he might try to train a child of his, but if it doesn't work, he'd be like, that's ah, fine, whatever. I don't care. Go till the fields. Is he the type that would settle down? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. But you would so... have to, you would have to resolve everything okay. and if the player characters do become like a friend of him he would want to keep helping them out before he settles down he would want to make sure that the world is at peace he's not being stalked and he has stable food coming in okay so he meets all three needs and then you can watch this npc flourish and grow and have this full well-lived life both in food and love and happiness and all that stuff yeah but that's pretty those are all some pretty big ifs as far as the tabletop rpg goes fair enough <laughs> Well, I think we've learned quite a bit about our character here, so why don't we go ahead and head into a random encounter. Okay, all right, so this is the section of the show where we do a short roleplay exercise. So you get to be Deegan, since you've told us so much about him. I could deploy one of my hero characters to stumble upon Deegan and get the quest from him. Um, or it could be him going into town or coming across some bandits or what kind of scene are you thinking you'd like to hmm. showcase Deegan off in? Well, uh, I think we would need to go more roleplay route because uh, all of his uh, feats and everything are based in Pathfinder. So uh, anybody that would want to use him as a player character would need to do a lot of uh, translation between the two systems. So let's okay. do let's do some role play. I think that's where he works best anyway, because he's such a man of few words. Fair enough. Okay, so then perhaps I could have my good boy Duncan meet him then. Sure. Just want to take a moment to recognize another sponsor of the show, Reaper Miniatures. They have been Texas Titans of the tabletop industry since 1994. They're right here in my backyard, and they have an amazing warehouse and game store. 
They make everything from paints to gaming accessories. Stream on Twitch with tutorials and interviews and host The ReaperCon. This year back in person from September 2nd to 5th, 2021 in Denton, Texas. Whatever system you're running, whatever game you're playing, Reaper has a miniature that has you covered. Want to include Randolph in your game? Then might I suggest looking at their catalog for SKU number 77661. Perhaps you need a Lord Grubbub. Check out SKU 02646. Are you in the market for your very own Skink Knows the Lich? Look no further than SKU number 77280. You know, every time you shop with them and you spend at least $40 on your purchase, they will give you a cool new mini for free. And this miniature of the month is always something new. And if you're wondering how you can enjoy the benefits from my sponsor, if you visit my website, you can find a link for our sponsorship and use my referral code link when you shop to help support Sidekicks and SideQuests and get you some savings. By clicking that link on my website, it helps to track the traffic that our show directs towards Reaper Miniatures. The more traffic, the more that our Texas powers will be able to combine. So again, go check the link out on my website in order to use my special referral code and be sure to follow Reaper Miniatures on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. And be sure to sign up for ReaperCon 2021 and tell them that Sidekicks and SideQuest sent you. So thank you very much to this sponsor and back to the podcast. So after helping the tabaxi librarian in the last town save her beloved spouse from the dam and thereby preventing the dam from flooding the adjacent town, Duncan picks up his gear, walks down the road, and travels for some days. And as he's making his way to the next town, he spies a little uh, smoke trail going up in the sky. And as he's cresting the hill and walking around the corner, there by the rose side, there is a simple campfire and there seems to be a humanoid shape laying on the ground next to the campfire so as Duncan's walking he will cautiously approach and he'll kind of clear his throat <clears throat> uh excuse me uh are you okay there uh, yeah fine I'm just hungry oh are you hungry well uh I think I have some food here in my uh pack if you're in need that would help a lot actually Actually, let me, um, he, uh, Duncan reaches into his supplies, and from it, he pulls out this jar of honey that he got from one of his previous adventures. Think of, like, a jar of honey, but it has kind of, like, basic healing potion properties. And so he goes, oh, here, I, I helped this beekeeper a while ago, and this is, this is some of the and best And so honey. when, when he says I helped that beekeeper, uh, Deegan moves so fast that your good boy can't even see him and he snatches the honey out and the lid is already off. What? 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 And then he just starts pounding it like and you've never seen somebody drink honey this fast before. It's coming out of the jar at an impossible rate and you just hear him gulping it down like uh, and he throws the jar into his fire and it shatters. Oh, that was incredible, kid. Duncan just kind of stands there with his jaw hanging open, kind of like, uh, well, you certainly were hungry. I was, uh, Duncan will just go ahead and, I guess, sit down next to the fire, seeing now that you're alert, awake, and you've eaten this whole jar of special honey. So, so what's your story? My name's Duncan. I was just on my way to the next town when I saw your campfire off in the distance. Uh, I'm, I'm just a wandering monk now, uh. Monastery doesn't talk to me, except for one guy who won't leave me alone. 
I try oh. to avoid him at all costs. Yeah. Really? Why won't this uh, colleague of yours leave you alone? He's angry. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Duncan will kind of like look up and down the road and be like, well, is your friend nearby perchance? He's always nearby. Oh, you already be damned. It's so obnoxious. Hmm. And he's rubbing his forehead right now, like, ugh. Are are you okay? Do you need do you need some water? Duncan will like I need a... him to leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, where are you going, kid? I'm gonna come with you. Thank you for feeding me. Oh god, I just need to get out of here. Oh, okay. Well, okay, sure. Uh, I, well, I was just going to head to the next town, and I'm just a adventurer for hire, so, you know, I just tend to pick up jobs along my travels, so. Great, that's what I've been doing, too. Uh, I don't really care about the money. I just need a good meal, and I'm I'm in. So, that honey counts. Let's get going. Okay, well, let's, I guess we'll head to the next town, and Duncan will hold up his bag of gold and just be like, I guess we're going to eat well today at the tavern. Great. And he's already like back to you walking forward down the path. Didn't even acknowledge the gold. Oh, uh, oh uh, and like Duncan is quickly like stomping out the campfire and he's like, uh, uh, wait, wait for me. Oh, oh, uh, so he can actually, he sees you or he can hear you starting to go out the campfire. And he just fires a key blast out of his fist to uh, knock it out. Oh, <laughs> Duncan will be like, <laughs> what? Wow. Oh, okay, then. Well, I guess we're off. Great. Let's go. scene <laughs> all right well yeah so i guess duncan and deegan will eventually meet matt and then that's where uh hopefully they'll have a, a nice dialogue sequence and they'll be able to resolve that one way or the other as far as uh how that's gonna shake out yep yep and i would assume that uh, well as long as duncan doesn't die uh deegan will probably get pretty attached to him and uh, probably even follow him around for a while just because he seems like a good boy yeah, yeah, Duncan is a good boy. As we're starting to get here into the end of the show and the final thoughts section, uh, what did you think of your experience here on Sidekicks and SideQuest today? It's awesome, Kurt. I think this is great. I'm glad it's it's uh, taken off. You know, trying to get the word out and just trying to be a good resource for people to let them have fun, interesting, memorable, really well-shaped and crafted NPC characters in their game. Awesome. Cool. Well, as we're, like I said, we're in final thoughts. So I like to give my guest a soapbox. So that way, if there's a project you're working on, if there's projects on the internet or social media accounts we need to follow for you, or if you've got an issue that you want people to know about and care about, then I turn it to you. You have the floor. Oh, gosh. I, I don't have anything to plug because any content I ever make, I just sporadically make. Like, I'll have, like, a three-week kick where I'm putting out random content for whatever game I'm playing at the time. But I don't think I'm worth following personally. So don't bother. I do have a YouTube. I haven't uploaded in, I think, eight months. So <laughs> that's probably not worth following. Don't add me on Facebook. <laughs> don't follow me on Twitter. Uh, I've posted three things on Instagram ever, so whatever. Uh, and then I don't really have anything I want to rant about. Um, I'm in a pretty good place in my life right now. So I, I got out of a toxic work environment a couple months ago. Like, bro, I'm chilling. Fair enough. Well, hey, we meet all kinds of people in this life. So sometimes it's nice to just know that you have good friends that are just happy with life. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you and I'm, I'm proud. We've come a long way since the days of Pegasus, the Dragonborn Ranger and Otto <laughs> von Krieg, the human wizard. Very true. Yeah, I've actually reused Pegasus and Otto a couple of times. Oh, really? Otto's shown up in your games? 
Yeah, yeah. I've had him like way older, like a couple hundred years old, uh, keeping himself artificially alive with magic at this point. But he's like the wise old sage that if my, my players get stuck, he can nudge him into the right direction. Oh, that's nice to know. Yeah, and I don't even explain it to them. I'm just like, you find this wise wizard. Yeah, what do you want? Pick his brain. I don't know, dude. <laughs> does he still have? Does he still have the epic mutton chops, or are those gone? It's a full on beard now. Oh, it's a full on beard. Okay. Yeah, we're, he's like he's basically Gandalf at this point. I think you're okay with, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm totally okay with the Gandalf beard. We could sit here and gab for hours on our D and D campaigns of yore, but before we <laughs> rattle off and go on and on and on, I just again want to thank. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks for Deegan. And uh, we'll make sure that I get all the correct spellings and we'll put those up and do let us know everybody out there if Deegan makes it into your game. And just thanks for being on. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Side Quests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Overcast. Or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice visit our website, sidekicksandsidequests.com for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit by searching for SideKQ Podcast. I would love to talk D&D and showcase your fan art stories of how you used our NPCs, discussions, and commentary. If you would like to hail the bod, send an email to sidekicksandsidequests at gmail.com. To help this show be the resource it's meant to be, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes to help spread the word and share our show with your friends and family. Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. Sidekicks and Sidequests is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast, copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four!